The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sohesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS and myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. Karen Marshall helps MS warriors like myself improve our energy levels. She is an RN and a nutritional practitioner who has had MS since 2016. Let's chat it up with Karen. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to be here, Edie. Thank you so much for the invite. Can't wait to dive into some stuff here with you. Yay, and we're going to get really into some nitty gritty, and I'm super excited to talk to you today. As we were discussing before we started recording, I am kind of a stalker of you on social media. You're so positive, and that's what really gets me going. So I wanted to say thank you to start out with, because it's motivating what you do. I really don't think there's any other way to be, right? You just have to forge a path and be positive about it. We usually start off a little bit about your diagnosis story. So as much as you are comfortable sharing. Oh, you bet. You bet. So, oh gosh, my story actually started when I was about 10. So I was 10 years old, had three younger siblings and my mom was diagnosed and she was hit, was like, like by a train. She was no longer the mom she she used to be, I guess. She was hit physically really, really hard. So she was she was in bed a lot of time. Uh, you know, we needed help in the home. She had a little baby. My youngest brother was six months old when she was diagnosed. So this hit our family really, really hard. She bounced back really well and thrived for many, many years. And, and still to this day, her spirit is so, so strong even though her, her body is taken, it's taken a toll, right? Um, 30 years ago, the, the treatments were very different. It was all about just sleep and pump you full of steroids. And, you know, eventually some of those newer medications came out and probably did help her slow the progression of the disease. But she dabbled a little bit and, you know, some special teas or, you know, she ended up going gluten-free without a whole lot of guidance. So, so I was no stranger to MS, you know, it interrupted a lot of our, our plans as kids because, you know, mom had to sleep or mom wasn't feeling well. And as the years went on, I really got to be really grateful and really appreciative of, of how she managed to have a family with four kids and, and do so well for so many years. In saying that, I was about 30 years old when I, I had my first real scare with MS. I was driving with my husband and suddenly my legs were, you know, just kind of numb-ish, both of them. And it lasted a couple of days. We saw, I saw my family doctor and he sort of was like, eh, I don't know, it's probably nothing. You know, we could do a, an MRI, but might, 
give you more things to worry about than than you really want to and so he he sort of brushed it under the table I'm glad he did actually because my husband was he was really scared and thinking are we gonna have a family and then you know Karen's gonna be diagnosed with this shitty disease and and then like what what does that how does that leave leave things right so so had I known that I was you know heading in that direction I don't know if we would have had kids to be honest and gosh it gives me goosebumps to think about because we went on to have two lovely children and we adore them I woke up the morning of my 38th birthday and when I stepped out of bed it was almost five years ago I woke up in the morning and I stepped out of bed and I couldn't feel my feet. and I had this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach just being like oh my gosh I know what this is and I had tried to play it off as you know I was at the gym a couple days ago and I worked really really hard on some upper body stuff I thought oh maybe it's a nerve right I pinched a nerve or something but as the day went on the numbness crept up kept creeping up my body and at the point it was two days later it was pretty much at my nipple line where I was not completely numb but very different my legs sort of felt like you know I was walking through mud I was much slower that way I actually called in a favor from one of my doctor friends who I adore and who was incredibly sweet to me he checked me out real quick and he's like no you know I don't think it's MS because you don't have any other symptoms and they did the MRI of my brain within a few days I'm so grateful that he pushed for that and it was clear and he called me and he's like you don't have it you don't have MS there's nothing in your brain and oh I celebrated and was like over the moon thinking whew I dodged that bullet right but I went through a couple of more tests and the nerve doctor the nerve specialist says you know you really should get an MRI of your spine and yeah that's where we found the lesions thoracic spine I believe T5 somewhere around there and the same doctor my my friend called me up and said actually Karen they found some demyelination on your spinal cord and yeah dropped to the floor holding the phone in my hand just sobbing you know really feeling despair at that point it, it's interesting when you described the way you were walking and a couple things really resonated with me because I was numb from head to toe right under oh. my chin all the way to my toes when I was first diagnosed and that was why he said the doctor the neurologist told me that was why I was numb was because of the the demyelination on my spine mm. right so as you're telling me the story I'm like they didn't do the spinal cord why, why? Yeah. yeah so that's interesting too but when you said it felt like you're walking through mud I hadn't thought about that before but that is exactly what it it feels like your mom you were so young when she was diagnosed and growing up with that if you didn't have that experience with your mom or because you did have that experience how have you tackled motherhood in a different way oh that's a that's an interesting question I, I do have a son and a daughter so two kids when my mom was diagnosed it was actually they were very hush-hush about it my parents they were very secretive about it and not I'm sure it was all in a way of you know protecting the kids we don't want to stress them out and all that yeah but but it was it, they weren't incredibly open about it and I know they were trying to figure things out there on their own and stuff but but that is something I I have really 
push myself to do with my kids to be open about it and explain you know I this is why I eat this way because you know because I need to heal my body and my body is a little bit different than other people's right now and but look you know I'm still able to do everything that I want to do so but I, I do try to be quite open about it with them but I also really really encourage a healthy lifestyle with them and I believe so strongly in that I mean five plus years ago I wasn't that way you know but just because of what I have learned and what I've been through over the last while I yeah I'm really really strongly encouraging that with them but also just you know to take take each day as it comes but also to to have those amazing experiences like go outside of your comfort zone and do something fun and, and wild and really seize the day, I guess. Because of those open conversations with your children, I'm sure that's helping to grow empathy within them and understanding and brings you guys closer together in a way. And then you can share that healthy lifestyle together. Really bonding experience for the family. Yeah, it, it has been and super proud of them. They've embraced it. You know, not only that, but kudos to my husband who gosh, he's changed his lifestyle around too. And most of it is to support me for sure. But he is also, he's liking it. You know, he, he likes eating healthy and, and exercising. And, you know, we're, we're both alcohol free now and it's been a year and a half. It's just sort of, that's the way the path life has taken us. We didn't set out to become that way, but, but yeah, we're embracing that. So I love it. If you have another one of those gentlemen laying around somewhere, um, sign me up because I'm I'm out there looking. Anyway, (laughs) it's nice to have that close support system there for sure. And you can tag team with the kids and all of that. I mean, I'm sure that really lifts you up on a daily basis. So, but nutrition is really where you've changed a lot of your daily habits and things. You've made that transition to become a nutritionist. Tell us why and how that came about. Okay, well, I still actually practice as a registered nurse. Um, Still doing that a few days a week, and I I really enjoy the job I'm in. I'm actually working in cardiac rehabilitation, so actually helping people with healthy lifestyle changes in that regard. So so that is a really nice change um, from being an acute care nurse, which I did like, but it's more of a reactive environment, right? So people get sick, and then you try and help them, whereas where we're at now, we're trying to prevent, or where I'm working now, I'm trying to help them prevent future events. So obviously in acute care nursing, very Western focus, very much medication is your first, your first line of defense, right? It's always, what are the meds? And, and that's what we start with. But after I was diagnosed ED, I actually have more family members with MS. And one of my aunties is like, first thing she said is clean up your diet. You've got to clean up your diet. And I took that to heart, started reading Dr. Terry Walls, who was one of my, my idols for sure. Um, super proud of the work she has done. I, I learned about, you know, how most of our immune system actually lies within our gut, which makes sense, right? Because that is where our body comes into contact with the outside world with everything that we're consuming. So when I started learning a bit more about how how that would impact, you know, how my cells are rebuilding and regenerating and, you know, potentially rebuilding myelin. I mean, gosh, that is my ultimate goal, right, is is to do that. So when I learned about how to use food as medicine, I really embraced it. I took it 
110%, I cut out um, dairy, I cut out gluten straight away, cut back on my processed sugars and have been successful in that and keeping with that. It's been about five years and I am 100, well, I don't know about 100%, who's ever 100%, but I follow a paleo uh, lifestyle for sure. After I started learning more and more, a lot of self-study, this was all self-study, I realized that not everybody knows these things, these amazing things about the body and nutrition and, and how you can use all these different incredible foods to help to rebuild your body. And I was like, wow, like, how do people not know this? How did I not know this? So I went and, and got my uh, nutritional therapy practitioner designation. I started in February of 2020. So that was an interesting year to to be, you know, given this this heavy course on top of the challenges 2020 brought us but but yeah I, I graduated from that from that school in November, November of 2020 and I can't wait to share with the world about all of these incredible things that that you can do you know that don't necessarily involve medications although the medications have their place I'm not downplaying that and there's some incredible therapies out there right now especially for MS, but there's other things we can do without without diving into medications. And so I created my own business. It's called Connect the Dots to Wellness. And on that platform, I, I share with others, you know, about certain foods you can use and, and what are the benefits of going back to, you know, ancestral nutrition and the whole foods lifestyle and how that can really boost your health. The thought about, you know, using food as medicine, as Terry Walls always says, right? It's it's mind boggling because, you know, we, a lot of people take supplements, they know they're good for them, but mm -hmm. all the other stuff that they're putting in their bodies, are you thinking about those things? Now, I personally am a fast food addict, professed, uh, recovering fast food addict, I guess okay. I should say. There were times when you just open my car door and there's just crumpled bags in there. And man, I can't do that anymore. And it's a, a huge mental block for me um, driving down the street and not making that stop because that's a comfort yeah. point too so oh, I've yeah. had to learn how to replace that and so I make sure that when I get in the car I'm on the phone so that I don't make that stop very cool yeah yeah it's something mm -hmm. that I've come to do every day at when I leave work and sometimes when people aren't answering and I'm on my third call I'm like please answer <laughs> but Getting into that whole food lifestyle is um, definitely, I I did it a couple of years ago and I, I read Terry's book and I did it, I did it for a three month stint and I did cold turkey, like I went to Whole Foods and then just went for it, no booze, no processed food, not, not all those things you were mentioning, but I didn't sustain it. After those three, four months, I started easing back and I felt great. Right, so I started easing back into the alcohol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I started back this time, I was much more realistic yeah. about what I was going to be able to do. And I'm slowly integrating more and more things. So if someone was just starting their journey on that paleo lifestyle, what kind of tips and suggestions would you give them? I think you hit the nail on the head there, Edie. It's in saying that for me, I see things black and white. So for me, knowing my family history, knowing this is something that I can do. And I dove in head on. It was freaking hard, right? <laughs> to cut out dairy, cheese. I mean, I love all kinds of cheese, blue, green, 
white, yellow, you know, any kind of cheese. I was a cheeseaholic. So to cut that out completely and breads, you know, when you were talking about being a junk food addict, obviously I've never, I haven't always eaten like this. My heritage is half Czech, Czech Republic, right? So my, my grandmother was the most incredible baker, like rolls and homemade donuts and cakes and all these wonderful pastries. So I, I definitely indulged in that and still to this day, but, but yeah, for, for the majority of people out there, the, the way to be successful for the long run is to take it in small steps and take it in small pieces. So just doing one thing at a time, waiting till you're comfortable and set in that habit before jumping into the next one. So for some, it might be first just label reading, you know, reading those labels when you go to the grocery store, what is actually in these foods that I'm, that I'm <laughs> eating, that I'm bringing home and, and perhaps just learning about those ingredients. The next step could be, okay, I'm cutting out gluten and learning about that and what foods contain gluten because that one actually can be quite overwhelming. Gluten can be hidden in so many different foods, different, you know, even something as, as simple sounding as spices in a mix or whatever, they can hide gluten in there. For what reason? I don't understand completely, but, but there's a lot of nuances when it comes to, to cutting out gluten. So. So yeah, for, for the majority of people, taking it step by step, you know, cutting out gluten first of all, being comfortable with that, happy with that, and adjusting your diet to, to fill that void that, that gluten was providing. You know, then maybe looking at dairy and can I just maybe, you know, substitute my creamer in my coffee to start with and, and going step by step. You talked about gut health. What are some specific things that we should maybe avoid or things that could help us with gut health? So, you know, with my nutrition clients, actually depending where they're at, I like to, instead of eliminating things straight off the bat, unless they're like really, really suffering, okay. is to think about instead adding in some different foods and, and starting there. And then, you know, once they're comfortable with these foods to, to help with their gut, then we talk about eliminating certain things down the, down the road. So some, some good things to incorporate would be like homemade bone broth. It's incredible. How do you make that though? Come on. I can buy it in the store, but it's a lot of work, isn't it? No, no, not at all. You buy yourself an instant pot and it is life changing. It is it's super easy. Key bloggers, Michelle Tam from Nom Nom Paleo. I've got all of her cookbooks. I've got her app. I just think she's, she's so crafty and has got a real talent in making those ingredient substitutions and making food taste good, but it's, they're simple recipes too. So she's got a stellar one for bone broth and Basically what I do is I save my, my chicken bones after I roast a chicken, throw them in the freezer. And once I need some bone broth or if I have finally have enough um, chickens, chicken bones, you just shove them in your Instant Pot. Most of, the, most of the time they're frozen. Add in some, you know, some onion and a few herbs, although it's very, very simple and there's nothing out there, like no special ingredients you're gonna have to scour the grocery store for. And put in your Instant Pot for about an hour. It's good to go. Really? I think I might Super have to, easy. I've already, I just bought a juicer cause I'm doing the celery now. Oh, cool. So I might have another small appliance on my countertop. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us that woman's name again so we can look up that recipe. Yeah. Her name is Michelle Tam, T-A-M. And her, her on-site, on, sorry, online persona is Nom Nom Paleo, N-O-M-N-O-M -N -O -M Paleo, yeah. 
Well, I'm sure she'll appreciate the shout out too, but I'm definitely going to look that up. So I watched a thing on Netflix about paleo diet. There was like a series on there, which is just phenomenal. But I saw this woman living in the countryside, making her bone broth and throwing her (laughs) fresh chicken in there. I'm like, listen, (laughs) that is beyond me. So this sounds a lot more doable. <laughs> Thank oh, yeah. you, Karen, for oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I like cooking, I am a lazy cook. Like I want to take shortcuts. I want to make it as simple as possible. And Tam, she she's mentioned that before. She's sort of on the same wavelength, right? Doesn't like to spend hours and hours creating elaborate meals, but just really leaving it simple. And the ingredients are simple, so you can taste. You know, you can taste them, and it's the flavors are so crisp so highly recommend her yeah what do what is um bone broth do to your body well it it has you know collagen is probably the most important ingredient in there which helps to repair that gut lining and really strengthen it okay it also has a number of different minerals that is it's soaking up from from those bones which you know benefit many different processes in our body yeah of course using the cleanest ingredients you can get is important, right? So I like to buy organic chickens and pasture-raised chickens. That would be the ultimate, right? Because those chickens are not boxed in a cage, never seeing the light of day and are pumped full of, you know, our factory chickens are pumped full of um, hormones to make them grow big real fast. And, you know, it takes away a lot of the nutrients that those those chickens, you know, as compared to somebody or one that's raised on a pasture eating bugs and, and roaming about in the sun, they're going to be more nutritious for us. Any other tips on the gut health piece? Because that's a really good one, actually. Yeah, I, I think the, the, well, there's a lot, but probably the second one would be to in incorporate some fermented foods into your diet, like sour foods. Okay. So we're talking sauerkraut, uh, kefir, kimchi, uh, kombucha, those sorts of things. And it's going to, you know, really stimulate that gut health. Tell me about the kombucha because I get it from the grocery store, but it's like a pre-made thing, like a drink, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I get the one with the ginger. It's gingerade, I think it's good, called. Good. So is that what it's supposed to be? Or am I supposed to like buy a package and make this myself? No, 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 that's fine to, to buy already made kombucha. Okay. The, the one thing to look at is that it's, it's not going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And in saying that it is most, most of the, you know, I would say probably related to the high sugar content that most kombuchas do have. So if you can find one low sugar, that would be that would be ultimate. But still, it's it's you're obviously a better choice than a soft drink or or something like that. But my favorite for sure is some raw sauerkraut. So you want it unpasteurized because if as soon as it's pasteurized and exposed to super high temperatures, then those beneficial bacteria that live in there are killed for the most part, right? So when you have the raw stuff, so it would have to sit. It would have to be refrigerated, and that's probably the the easiest tip to know if it's actually raw. Interesting. So that is definitely. I'm. I've been writing down. If you haven't noticed, a whole bunch <laughs> of things that you said because I oh, um, I'm learning. I'm learning here. <laughs> but you have a a webinar on your link tree that I noticed about mm-hmm. the paleo lifestyle. So I go into why paleo is beneficial for everybody, but um, even more so for people with autoimmune conditions. 
So really getting or lowering the exposure you have to foods that are inflammatory. Um, but actually not just foods, it's, it's more than that, right? Like really getting back to nature, really listening to your body, being more in tune with your body, you know, really making sure you get enough sleep and enough rest and also balancing out with some exercise that that is supportive for your healing journey. But but yeah, a lot into the food. And so we talk about, you know, what it's called paleo because we're trying to emanate what our ancestors did many, many years ago. You know, they didn't have Twinkies and they didn't have hot dogs you could buy at 7-Eleven on the way home or, you know, a packaged meal that you pop into the microwave and it's and it's done for you. So really going back to those whole foods that you're you're preparing on your own or from scratch, adding in some herbs and spices and some some really supportive ingredients to nurture those those cells in your body to give your body the best chance to thrive and to improve your health. I'm learning and you know you pick up little bits from each person you talk to. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. I would like to ask you so I grew up all over New England in different states, but I, my teenage years were spent in upstate New York and I went to school and at SUNY Potsdam, which is about not very far from Ottawa, Canada. So when I talk generally, uh, a lot of people will give me a hard time because I say about, (laughs) and I noticed that you have a bit of an accent and you're from Canada. What part are you from? I'm from Southern Alberta, actually. So it's it's a lovely lovely spot you know we're we're in a a city about a hundred thousand people but one hour west we're in the rocky mountains and i took that for granted growing up but but as an adult i gosh i can't get out there enough so So you hike in the rockies we hike yeah we camp there we bike there yeah that's great. Awesome. Yeah, super mm-hmm. getting in touch with nature, but you can't do that all year long, right? Yeah, we do get some snow. We do get some snow, but I think as Albertans, you know, we really embrace those summer months. So when when the weather is good, people are out. There's nobody at home, right? They're out doing stuff and out enjoying nature because we know, you know, it's not going to last forever. Winter's going to come and we're going to be a bit more limited. But where we live, we do get those Chinooks. Perhaps you've heard about those warm winds uh, that come in and, you know, we can have a summerish day in the middle of winter. That's not unheard of. That's interesting. So, um, but, but, but yeah, I've, I've got a pair of snowshoes and I love to do that with a, a good buddy of mine. We do a little bit of that out um, in the mountains. That's the ideal location for sure. But we do really embrace those, those days that are favorable for getting out into the mountains. Snowshoeing is on my list of to-dos. So that is super cool uh, that you do that. I have been wanting for a while to take an Alaskan cruise and do some excursions and things. And that's on my list for sure. Yeah. Oh, how incredible. Yeah. What other kinds of activities do you like to do with your kids to stay active? Yeah, we like, like to bike. We like to hike. We have, have access to, well, we call them coolies here or like a valley where there's a pretty big incline and in, in hills and it's an off-leash dog park and it's just blocks from our house so we spend a lot of time doing that so yeah well I want to thank you so much Karen for being with us today I am sure oh. you added a lot of value for our listeners because I sure did learn a lot too 
let's talk to us about your social media and where we can find you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I'm focusing on Instagram. I, I, I like the platform. I like the, the different ways I can talk to people there. And so my handle is connect the dots to wellness. And yeah, I'm on there daily, post lots of embarrassing, hilarious videos of myself. And you know, my, my good friend told me that once you hit your forties, you don't really care what others think of you. And I'm finally there comfortable in my own skin. Took a while, but, but yeah, so connect the dots to wellness is where you can find me on Instagram. I do also have a website under the same name, connect the dots to wellness.com. And I've got a blog that I try to keep keep updated and also offer one-to-one nutrition services. So our consulting services. Yeah, you guys definitely, like I said earlier, you need to check out her um, Instagram, especially if you're having a down day, because like she said, it, it, some of the stuff is, is funny, but it's definitely positive and uplifting. So reach out to Karen if you have any nutritional needs. Thanks so much, Edie. Yeah, no, thanks, Karen. This has been great. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.